0: Your host,
1: Sean Shapiro. Happy uh, bye week, everyone. The Style Stars aren't playing for a span of five days, but we're still podcasting. And uh, good to have you here, Ryan.
0: Good to be here, despite the best efforts of the internets.
1: Yes, it's uh, this is attempt number three to get it going. I have good news a public service announcement for everyone. I actually ordered a good microphone, and it will be here. But it won't be here during this podcast. So, <laughs> next week's podcast will be really good. So, if you wanted to skip one and if, if, you, if, you're, if you're losing your patience and you want to skip it and come back next week, oh, it'll be much better audio quality next week, we hope. It's <laughs> exciting. It is exciting. It's, uh, so it's, uh, we're at kind of the weird point in the season where we're roughly a week removed, Ryan, from last week where Jim Nils said he was going to use the, uh, three games going into three games before the bye week and the bye week itself to figure out whether the stars were buyers or sellers. And I think we don't have to talk about this too long because I think you and I are in complete agreement that they're complete sellers right now. I don't know how you look at them any other way right now. Um, I mean, fair assessment?
0: I think it's a fair assessment. The one thing I'm worried about, and maybe this is just me being – really fucking paranoid or something like that is that he's going to look at the way that this team played on uh, whatever the last time they played was against Tampa Bay and how they came out and they won an emotional game for and Dave Strader's return and be like, hey, maybe this is the spark that gets this team going. That's the one thing that worries me about how that three-game stretch ended because I completely agree they looked like they were not good the first two games of those last three games. Mm -hmm. And by any... Objective reasoning, right now. There's no there's no reason to sit here and say we should bare minimum stand pat and go forward as we are right now and hope that hope for the best, you know. So,
1: I mean, it was it was a real. It would be a. I'll be honest. It would be a hell of a story if somehow Dave Strader returning to the broadcast broadcast booth turned around the season and everything like that, And, and that would be. That would be a hell of a story if, if the Stars all of a sudden won, won every game for the rest of the season after winning that. But I think you do also have to be, as you said, you have to be worried, You have to be weary and you have to look at the reality is it's not a good road hockey team. And we've, we've and I'm sure people can echo the amount of times we've mentioned in the past two, three weeks now that the big number is 10 of 14 on the road in March, and they're a bad road hockey team. And I, that number, no matter what they do over the next four or five games, they either come back to earth or they hit a lower level in March with what this team's done all year.
0: Right. And now <clears throat> we're starting to, we're going to start to get to the point after the stars hop out of this bye that we're not going to have to visualize the teams with games in hand on the stars anymore. We're going to completely know what the stars would have to do over their last 22 games mm-hmm. to hit that threshold. And it's not going to be a pretty sight because right now they're sitting six points out of the final card spot, which isn't, Obviously isn't a lot, but when you're playing at under a point per game right now in the standings, that's obviously a tall task. And
1: they, and they still probably need to go seventeen and five over the final twenty two games, which is still, mm-hmm. which is darn. Is it's pretty far. I mean, it's 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 pretty much it's. I'm, I'll say it, it's impossible for this team to do with just yeah. what, what this team's done. It's impossible for them to go seventeen and five. You're right,
0: and you look at you look at who they're coming up against right now because we can. I think we can safely rule out that the stars. Would not we're not. By best case scenario, they would not ascend to the top three in the central. No, you're playing against you're playing against a Nashville team that's starting to hit its stride, and they're two games in hand and they're eight points ahead. So that's not even really a realistic goal, even I would say at this point either. You're playing against a Calgary team that just picked up a defenseman, so maybe that'll start the trade market thing here going. But, I mean, you've you got a Los Angeles team that's probably going to get Jonathan Quick back within the next couple of weeks or so. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter about Winnipeg or Vancouver and what you think of those teams because the Stars, I don't think the Stars are going to pass either Los Angeles or Calgary, and they would have to pass both of those teams to make the playoffs. So it's a moot point to sit here and say, this team can still make the playoffs. And now that we've gone through Jim Nill's mandated three game stretch, hopefully he spends these neck that bye week kind of hitting phones a little bit and starting to drum up a bidding war for the couple guys on this team who would be valuable trade pieces for teams as the deadline approaches.
1: And there's no, uh, and I, I asked this question, um, so i could get an end. there's no roster freeze or anything like that during the buy so theoretically it's we're in the middle of the buy just because you're in the middle of the buy that doesn't mean you couldn't make a trade now it'd be kind of funny if you were to make a trade if you were to trade a player who had taken his bye week vacation to go to cabo or something like that and to call a guy two days into his trip into cabo and say hey by the way you're headed to uh, pack your bags you're headed to winnipeg or something like that now that would be kind of funny but there is no there's no roster freeze or anything during the buy week so There's nothing stopping the Stars from being active right now um, other than maybe – I mean, they're they're just looking at – for them, there's – so if if another team was to come in and say – if another team was to come in and really wants to get a deal done and they're playing tomorrow, Wednesday, they could push a deal and get a deal done today. It's not like there's a roster freeze during the bye week. So that's something just to – I don't think the Stars will be active during their bye week because I think Jim Nil is patient to a fault sometimes – it's sometimes it's a asset, but sometimes it's to a fault. Um, and but because of his patience, I don't think we'll see any moves over the next two days. But then again, anything could happen, of course. But um, it's I think we we've reached that point where you've got to you've got to create a market for Patrick Eves. You've got he's got. We talked about it quite a bit last week about how his value i mean there's 27 other nhl teams that would be would love to add him to their roster and and practically 27 other nhl teams have the cap space to do it cuz of just cap it and then you also take a look at there's also you try and look and build and you try and look and you try and you can build other things. You could try and move. Obviously the big UFAs to move are Patrick Sharp and Patrick Eves, but the stars could also take a look at what do they think of the overall scope of this roster. And you could look at guys who aren't UFAs. You could look at a Dan Hamhuis. Do you want him to be part of the team next year? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. You can look at a guy, you can look at other guys who may be up for big raises in a couple years and see if you want to sell, sell now before they become uh there's just lots of opportunities now and just it's going to be And whether that and I'm not sure how much of that movement's going to happen in the next 10 days, but it's something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's, we're kind of at a point where I think you just kind of got to rip the bandaid off with this team. You can't really uh, not ease into it, but you just kind of got to, I just, I hope that it's not a shock to fans who aren't, who are kind of more casual fans as opposed to, As we kind of established last week, the the fans who are paying the fans i the fans who haven't really lost quote unquote the the guys who are still paying attention they understand that this is kind of what needs to happen. I just hope that it doesn't come as a shock to casual fans that they're trading these guys off because you know you got guys who aren't paying attention that closely who aren't necessarily big hockey fans. They just watch because they like the atmosphere or whatever. It's a local team, whatever. And you sit there and you trade Patrick Eves all oh, he's like your leading goal scorer. Why did you just do that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so hopefully it doesn't come as a shock to, to people who don't pay as close of attention to hockey as some stars fans do. I,
1: I, and I think it's, it's the other thing that people need to just be cognizant of and be aware that it could happen is just because a guy at any anyway, I get the feeling, I get the feeling that really on this roster, there's not really many untouchables right now. Just based off what this team's done and what the expectation is, and obviously there's a couple. Obviously, you obviously you can you could already pencil in number 14. If, if he, you could all you could you can always already pencil in wearing your Jimmy Ben jersey for the next 10 years. Don't worry about that. But if if you're if the stars are looking forward to expansion and they are thinking you know what we're not going to protect antoine Roussel, and he just had a great game but you say they're looking forward to expansion and you they don't think they're going to protect him all of a sudden it's an a- it's asset management where you think you know what maybe we move him and i'm not i'm not saying that deal would happen it's just that's just an example of i think you have to be kind of you could kind of expect anything right now just because of that wild card that is the expansion draft and teams are just trying to teams are GMs are going to start trying to uh, if you're Dallas, you need to know that other teams are going to be trying to move pieces around as much as they can after the season since they still think they're in it that's why Dallas I think can try and take advantage of that now before the trade deadline when them in Colorado and Arizona are really the only three teams that are trying to manage assets to Best setup for the off season because Arizona's doing it. I mean, I know it's Arizona just been loading up on picks, and, and that's what they did with the Calgary trade. And they, uh, and I think every trade so far I feel like has involved Arizona somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's kind of what the stars need to do too. I mean, as we've mentioned a couple of times, unless you're talking about trading a guy like Dan Hamhughes, which I mean, <clears throat> I could. I think you could make a point that trading him off of next year's roster isn't. I mean, not that he hasn't been good this year, but I think that if you want to go in a direction of playing the younger guys more, that it would it wouldn't be a a a big loss off of next year's roster to trade him. But these guys, they're talking about trading. It's not like we're talking about a complete blow up and rebuild here. We're trading off guys that may or may not be here next year anyway, or guys. So you might as well recoup those. Like recoup that for assets right now or players so going forward
1: or players that may be part of the two year plan right now but if there's if if another team can give you an offer of a guy that can be part of your three, four, five year plan you definitely listen mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's right exactly it's uh, because it's it's something you just have to keep in mind and, and there's definitely potential for that it's it's the old cliche in hockey. If Wayne Gretzky can be traded, anyone can be traded. Um, I mean, I think, and then when Gretzky got traded, and Gretzky got traded twice, I believe, right to both uh, L.A. and St. Louis. I think Wayne Gretzky played. Right. For, Wayne Gretzky played for St. Louis. People, if you didn't know that, um, fun fact. Um, enough doom and gloom. Um, you want to talk about some positive things, Ryan. Yeah, let's go for it. We haven't
0: really talked about a lot about positive stuff this year.
1: So, yeah, I put it out there on Twitter last night. Um, and I think – and everyone kind of agrees on um, just kind of the best moments from this season, and I think everyone kind of agrees that – the game right before the bye week, it's its hard to top that. It's number one, obviously. The Stars win just for they—they—they. They, they, not only do they win in overtime after trailing going to the third period, they've been 0-20-2 going after trailing after two periods before that game. Antoine Roussel, of all people, has a hat trick. And, of course, Dave Strader returns to the broadcast booth while he's fighting cancer. he uh, The team salutes him after the game, and it's – and that's uh, a real special moment, kind of one of those moments where it's like, this is a, if this is indeed a lost season, which it looks like, that's one of those moments that kind of, the, the, the game is big, that that moment is bigger than the game itself. And I, I think that's a clear number one for this season, and just with all those elements. Um, and and you, I think you kind of got the, that same feeling from both the players after the game. I asked all the players about it, what they just, about seeing Dave there, and just kind of the battle he's going through, and then even... Uh, Great story. Mike Heiger wrote a great story on uh, on Dave because he uh, from the Mike Heiger from the Morning News caught up with Dave after the broadcast after the game, and Dave said for the first time since the diagnosis for four hours he felt like he wasn't sick. Like that's the type of stuff where I don't I don't think any individual moment can top that for this season. Fair enough. Right. Did you get to, Did you get to watch that game? I did not. I was stuck at work because it was. Uh, It was a game that I I saw. I caught a couple clips here and there. Obviously, I was there in person, so I didn't get to listen to the broadcast. It's one of those where one of my projects for maybe Wednesday or Thursday is to go through and listen to the DVR of it and and just listen to the broadcast because I think that might be something special to listen to through again just because of just what what Dave went through to get back into the booth. And so that's something I might be doing later this week. Obviously, I I, – caught a glimpse here and there of some of the highlights, but just obviously being there in person, wasn't able to listen to the broadcast, but just seeing the salute for him during the first period and then seeing the team do the uh, salute him after the game, that was special.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Um, But other than that, let's, uh, we had, Ryan, if you were to kind of try and, if if everything everything else is playing for runner-up right now, what comes to your mind as top moments you would put in that, in, in the conversation, after After that game obviously like top positive moments positive moments we're keep we're staying oh. we're, st- we're staying positive today. it's a bye week I'm, I'm I'm taking a break from my vacation to record this so I want to uh, I want to stay positive for the next however long we can record this oh man i I don't know if I can't it's not really
0: one specific moment, but I definitely think Patrick Eve's season has definitely been a positive moment for a guy who Back when he was drafted, was a pretty high draft pick. Obviously, he's a talented player, but then it's kind of battled injuries and just not necessarily ideal lineup situations throughout his career for him to finally come of age now. It's pretty cool to see. Um, man, other than that, that's a tough one.
1: I really don't know off the top of my head. I think it's... I, there's two categories in my mind that come to my there's the first one it's it's funny because one of the uh one of the, one of the best ones and someone actually suggested through threw this idea out on twitter when when i did a call for questions it's funny because they lost the game in overtime later but i remember I, I remember being uh watching jamel smith's shorthanded breakaway goal to force overtime against chicago where he had two goals that was kind of a cool moment just for a guy who played in the echl last year um and I mean that was that mm-hmm. that kind of encapsulates a guy who we thought would never play in the NHL. I frankly I never thought he would play in the NHL, so that was kind of cool to see. And that same strain of thought, uh, it was kind of cool when uh, Justin Dowling got to not only make his NHL debut after working his way through the ECHL and the AHL, but also he had, he happened to be called up around the time the team went to Calgary and he got to go play in front of his play in front of his home where his parents and a home crowd was there. That was cool, but. Um, Let's see. Uh, let's go to the let's go let's go to the Twitter question lines. Um, we had uh, someone said Taddy Eves in a walk, which is that's definitely one of the top storylines for Dallas and maybe one of the top storylines for whichever team acquires him in the next 10 days as well. Um, yeah. the uh, Pat Iverson even provided a GIF. GIF or GIF? I think it's GIF, right?
0: Yep. It's a it's gif. It's Jif. Jif is the peanut butter. Gif is, it's gif. I think it's Jif. Jif is, is a GIF is a peanut butter. Gif is an animated picture.
1: Well, I I, I, I go with Jif because I think no, you're wrong. <laughs> choosy hockey writers choose gifs.
0: <laughs> go away,
1: go away, get that trash <laughs> out of here. <laughs> well, Pat Iverson um, provided a uh, graphic integrated. What's the F stand for? In, in, in GIF? I don't know. I don't know. Either way, there's a GIF. And th- there's a GIF of Hanka's uh, assist to Brett Ritchie. Um, the time he uh, walked down the wall and set up a play, and he's probably the only defenseman other than John Klingberg can make that play. He said the first time Honka did this, one of his favorite moments of the season. That's a cool moment of the season, promising for what Honka can be. Um, Russell Hattrick and Salute Strader, obviously up there. Um, Tom Dorsa mentioned Jamel, Jamel Smith's uh, uh, shorthanded breakaway for his first NHL goal we talked about a minute ago. Uh, the Roussel hat trick, uh, the Alexiak goal for St. Louis. You remember that goal? Oh uh, yes, I do remember that goal. That was the goal where he made me Alexiak for a moment. And there's other moments where he looked like the first round pick again. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, Alexiak season has been an interesting one because he's been, uh, there's been times where he looks really good and there's been times where he looks really bad. Obviously he's had the injury as well. Um, the, uh, because there was like, for example, if we look at his recent stretch of times when he was paired up with Steven Johns, they had a couple games where you're like, Hey, this could be a really good potential pairing. And then they would look really slow and didn't move their feet. Yeah. So, but that, that goal, I don't know. I think it was someone said pixie. I, I remember like the, the play by play at the time by, uh, by uh, Daryl Ray was something along the lines was, was pretty good. I don't remember it, but other people remember it. Um, Travis said, uh, "Both the Ben Ot winners at home, the Roussel Hattrick and the dearest Annabelle with coming of age of Patrick Eves <laughs> Oh, that, that dearest Annabelle stuff is hilarious. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's. Uh, I feel like when he does get traded, I should just write my entire story in that uh, format.
0: You really should. Please do. Please do.
1: Even even if, even if uh, NHL dot com won't allow me to write that way, I'll just write a secondary story for the internets for that. There you go. uh, uh Kristen Rein uh Reinhardt says the, the this Devon Shore moment, which is the picture of Devon. if you haven't seen it, it's the picture of Devin Shore with his tongue out. Yeah, I've seen that. Which is pretty good. Um and uh that that moment was pretty not only so that picture kind of a backstory behind that picture is uh the back, backstory of the aftermath of that picture is it, it ended up quite a bit on the uh bunch and it ended up on the video board in the locker room the next day and uh so he got he got uh he got his Kermuppins for that from the rest of the team so that's pretty good. <laughs> um Grant says uh, obviously Dave Strader's return is the obvious answer and it is uh Jamie Ben returning to form has been nice to watch and, and Jamie Ben has been good. I mean we can agree Jamie Ben's looked more like Jamie Ben over the last two and a half weeks now. Um Yeah, absolutely. Which which has been really nice to see and maybe that's Maybe that's how long it takes a core muscle to respond or to, to completely uh, to completely uh, feel feel normal, because we've yeah. t- we've talked about it before. Where if you work your if you go to the gym one day and you work your abs really hard for, and then the next day, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. The uh, another thing I want to throw out there that hasn't been. Uh, it's not really. It's not necessarily a positive moment, but I think one thing I want to throw out there that I think is kind of a is a good thing is the amount of people that seem to. And this is a negative and a positive at the same time. The amount of people. This is a, sorry. This is a positive about a negative because I said I wanted to avoid negative things, but we'll spin it to a positive. I like the I like the amount of attention the team has gotten for a team that's been bad. Um. I, I, I like the amount of people that have been that have complained to me, complained to Mike Heikka, complained to Mark Stepneski, who have complained, who have complained about the team's success. People have been upset about it. I think that actually says a lot that there are fans that want to, that that care about what this team does. I think it'd be much worse if they were bad and everyone tuned out. So I, you know what? I want to give people. I, I think that's a good moment, good observation to give people credit for actually. Because a lot of bad teams, you don't have people complaining. You just have people completely tuning out.
0: Right. No, for sure. And according, I mean, I get announced attendance is different than actual attendance, but mm-hmm. announced attendance through all of Dallas' home games this year is at 98.3% capacity. So for a team, that's pretty awful. That's not too bad.
1: Yeah. So there, and, and so I think it's the same reason I think there's promising where there's promise that if this team is to turn it around next to 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 pull the right levers and switches and find the right things that uh find the right fit for next season whether it's in coaching or making that trade for the defense or or whatever it is um i think there'll be definitely be some good interest and some still some excitement about the team um one last thing i want to uh just throw out there and discuss before we go um if you're at where the Dallas Stars are now, right, right now, Ryan, and you've got some potential trades coming, you've got potential trades coming through. Um, you have potential trades coming. You have obviously Adam Cracknell getting hurt uh, hurts your your forward depth, so you still might have to call somebody up either way. But we're at a point where the Texas Stars are actually playing well again, and they they lost to San Jose last night, but they're looking like they might be a playoff team. The trade for Justin Peters was actually a very good trade for. Dallas, because all of a sudden the Texas Stars have a good AHL goalie. They're winning games. They're right in the playoff hunt. Is it better to give to have guys play out the stretch in the NHL, or is it better to have a team to have your AHL team make the playoffs and and try and get exp- and, and play some extra playoff games?
0: I'd say finish in the NHL because. As nice as it would be to see the Texas Stars in the playoffs, the ultimate goal of that team is this is the development league. And if they win, that's nice, but that's not the ultimate purpose. And I know that's kind of shitty to say, but, but, I mean, obviously if your AHL team is doing well, then that's good because you have good players down there. But the ultimate goal of that team is to produce NHL players, and I think it would benefit guys like, why am I blanking on his name, Jason Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Jamel Smith maybe in the long run for them to finish up the season in the AHL. And then, I mean, if they're still able to make the playoffs, that's nice because then you can obviously send those guys back down there for the playoff run. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds with that. But I get that that's not always Mm going to work out that way, but I would say it's better to have those guys finish in the NHL.
1: Yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. You want them to get games, but I think you also be cognizant of if you can find a way to, uh, if you can find a way to, if, if it means being, having a, smart send down late in the season to help them win a game or two to get in I'd be all for that because I think there's a benefit right. I think I think it benefits your overall system if you're having every single guy and and then who not not even just the uh, the guys who right are on the cusp of playing in the NHL right now too but if say you say you have Dickinson or uh, Jamel Smith come up and they play uh, and they play five or six more games in the NHL after the after the trade deadline if you can send them down if if there's an opportunity to send them down, say when Alice Hems- Alex returns, um, and you can send them down, and they can help Texas get in, maybe that also gives you experience to get a uh, maybe a Rupert. Maybe at the end of his finish season, maybe Rupert uh, Rupe Hints comes over and plays for Texas. Maybe you have a uh, maybe Nick Camano is only 18 playing for Flint, but so I don't know if they'd put him in a game. But maybe you have enough time to get him in it. I think I think it would just be a good nurturing environment just to get an extra two weeks at least of an AHL season to get to help your entire prospect pool as a whole, because we've talked about it before how it needs any help it can get right now.
0: Right. And I mean, you know, if you're, if you're bringing these guys up just to have them around the NHL team, I don't think that's beneficial. These are guys that need to be playing in games regardless oh. of where they are. So if you're bringing, if you're going to bring Dickinson or Jamel Smith up, they need to be in games. They can't be sitting in the press box.
1: I agree completely. I I think, I think you can also get creative with it with figuring out ways to give guys game here or game there. And so you have so maybe that's scratch and it maybe, maybe that scratch remains Yuri Hudler for lack of or maybe you just keep Yuri Hudler as the thirteenth forward and one game you have Jason Dickinson play, have him play two games, send him down, then you give Matty Stransky a two game reward for his job in the AHL. But I I don't want the thirteenth forward at the scratch to be the uh, the guy you called up because they should be playing or they should be uh, they should be playing or they should be in the AHL and now we don't know if this coaching staff will actually do that because we've seen what they've done with the young defenseman, but that's a whole nother story right oh. what's uh before we go just quick uh we'll do we'll do way more on the trade deadline next week which we'll because we'll be recording right. Before, some moves will probably be made and probably a couple of days before the actual deadline itself. But if you're looking across the league, NHL wide, right, not just Dallas, what do you think is the, uh, what move do you, do you, do you see any big moves that you think, well, do you think like, for example, Duchesne, do you think Duchesne actually gets moved before the trade deadline?
0: Um, I'm interested to see how Boston mortgages its future to get Gabriel Landeskog that cause that's, that just seems like Landeskog just seems like the big, Boston Bruins type grinding forward with some skill and grr, let's go get him and make the playoffs. And yeah, mm-hmm. but no, Uh Duchesne, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him uh, before Montreal filed, fired Michelle Arian, I think it would have been interesting to see what they did with Galchenyuk. But it seems now that Claude Julien's there, he's mm-hmm. actually, actually using a brain and leaving him as their first line center. So I don't think, I think that kind of settled that. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with goalies because mm-hmm. I feel like Vasilevsky has officially supplanted Ben Bishop as the guy in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And obviously you'd like to have that insurance policy behind him in case he gets hurt or if he gets the yips mm-hmm. to Jake Allen midseason. Mm-hmm. But um, at this point, I think – I mean, I don't think Tampa's going to get a lot for him in the off I think He's just going to be a guy that I think that they let walk in free agency because I don't think – I mean, maybe you get like a conditional third-round pick for him, fourth-round pick for him or something from a team who's really desperate for a goalie. Or maybe Las Vegas signs him to ring their exclusive UFA window, so then that protects the rest of the roster from having a guy picked. But I, I'm interested to see what happens with him, what happens with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, I don't know what other goalies. There was one, one or two more, I think, that were potentially being talked about being moved. But I'm interested to see what happens with that front too. And it's really just with the expansion draft. It's really interesting to see. Is it interesting to see what, what get done now versus what gets done after the season is over?
1: You made a really good point with Tampa there that I that I think a lot of people are overlooking. Where the Lightning are going to be in the market, maybe in the market for a backup goalie as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I mean, if you trade if you trade Ben Bishop, you're not going to. You're obviously, you're going to want to get another guy to help you down the stretch. Because
1: mm-hmm. you're going to want—I mean, even if even if they want Vasilevsky to play 55, 60 games next year, they'll still need a guy who can play 25 games. Right, and well, well, since they can't,
0: since Bishop's a unrestricted free agent, they're going—aren't they going to have to have leave a goalie ex, since they can't technically leave him exposed for the? Well, I mean, if they leave him exposed, I
1: mean, uh, they I guess maybe. They, wouldn't they have to leave another guy exposed i believe they signed I, I have to double check i'm not sure if they officially signed him yet or if this was just reported i believe they're going to sign a good i can't pronounce his name the guy in syracuse guzleskas or whatever oh good okay i got i, I know who you're talking yeah, about yeah I, be, I believe they're going to sign him and he's going to be they're going to sign him to an extension and he's going to fill that requirement um just gotcha. just like for example i, I saw some people asking to uh, talk looking at to expansion requirements and people asking questions yesterday about the Dallas Stars, and we'll close on this. People were talking about how the Stars, well, the Stars are in a position where they're going to have to, right now they'd have to leave Eek and Andrew Sell exposed because of game requirements and things like that. Well, the Stars are probably going to re-sign Adam Cracknell to fill that requirement, or they'll sign another free agent, or Curtis McKenzie will play nine more games over the final 22, which he will because of the injury yeah. to Cracknell. And so the Stars will be fine. So the Stars aren't going to have to do any finagling. Um... To uh, to stay expansion complicit with uh, with with having that requirement, so just that that's one thing. I just want to, I'll just throw that out there as a last minute uh, PSA. Um, overall, we'll see what happens. It could be uh, I, I you know what I'll say the NHL trade deadline season starts when we have our first real trade without not involving Arizona. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. So everyone uh, have a good week and uh, enjoy. Uh, Enjoy figuring out what to do without hockey, Dallas Stars hockey, for the next three days.